Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Listeners, hello. Welcome to another episode. I say another. I mean, they're all special. They're all different. Um, Welcome to Homo Sapiens Extra. Your emails, your feedback. This week, we've got voice notes from you people. It's been so lovely to hear your voices because we're doing topic of the week. We'll be doing some LGBT news, answering your agony uncle questions. Good ones this week, everybody. Thank you. We'll be doing Culture Club where we share recommendations. And we're going to need those now we're going into another lockdown in the UK. Plus, we'll be giving away a T-shirt and I'll be doing a bit of phone a friend. This week, I'm going to call Jamie Windust, an amazing person you've probably heard of, a non-binary model, writer, activist. And they've written a book called In Their Shoes, all a sort of a guide to being non-binary, I suppose. So that's what's coming up. But please, goodness, let us know what you thought of our interview, Debbie Harry. You've all been writing in lovely things, actually. Thank you for that. Um... I think it's time to spin over to the emails. The first email we've got is from Marcus in Berlin. He says, I came across your podcast through table manners and fell in love with you instantly. Marcus, thank you. I really love your hilarious and at the same time self-reflecting serious conversations about your lives. Also, love how you shed a light on LGBTQ plus life all over the world. Please continue your great work. It really makes a difference, even in the quite liberal city of Berlin where I live. Listening to you and your interview partners makes me reflect about how I see myself as a gay man and how to be proud of myself and live my life without constantly questioning how others see me and might disapprove of my lifestyle. Well, that's very interesting, isn't it? Because you think of Berlin, I think of Berlin as like such a liberal place. But I think you're right, Marcus. The truth is that stuff about feeling judged or questioning how others see you, I think that's sort of ingrained in you from a young age. So we are thrilled to be of service and help there. Richard in London has been in touch. Dear Homo sapiens, that's us. I wanted to reach out and say how fantastic I think your show is. Someone said it was a gay woman's hour. That might have been me, Richard, because that's what I, that was my first ever pitch for this. Um, And how right they are. Having been a woman's hour listener forever... Your show has that missing link to my life as a gay man that they obviously don't. Jenny Murray can't do it all, Richard. Um, It's a fantastic podcast, which I have loved listening to. Currently, I've been taking my daily seven-mile walk from Brixton Hill, where I live, to Clapham Common. And as I wander aimlessly through the back streets of London, battling the wind and rain, that's autumn for you, I listen to your show as I go. Up until March, I was one of the stage managers on Phantom of the Opera here in the West End. But we all know how that ended up and how the entertainment industry is on its knees. One day we will all be back and doing what we love. 
But as Alan said about how he had been enjoying downtime in lockdown, so have I. There were times when I was working and I did the show for 13 years that I would wish I could just be home for an extended time. Guess my wish came true. Loads of cooking, reading, waking and watching of TV movies that had been in my house. Going to listen to the Cynthia Nixon interview today, who I thought was brilliantly cast in Ratchet. Ah, oh, thank you, Richard. Hope you're both well and I look forward to, sit to many more episodes. Regards, Rich, with a kiss on the end, which is extra nice. Thank you, Rich. Well, Richard, I'm glad you're finding a little bit of silver lining in what is a really, really tough time. And I hope you're doing OK. And please stay in touch. We can keep each other entertained. Jamie in Bristol in the UK. Watcher, boys. <laughs> That's very Bristolian, isn't it? Thanks so much for the podcast. It's a joy to listen to. You both have beautiful voices. Stop it, Jamie. And the importance of Homo sapiens is that it works to make the LGBT and Q experiences normal. And the plus in there, Jamie, hopefully. We hopefully represent in that way too. If we're not, you know, let us know. And then it says in brackets, well, they are all entirely normal. But making it so in the minds of everyone is an ongoing challenge. Couldn't agree more. I remember one of the few times that I accidentally listened to the morning news programme that much of middle-class UK wakes up to on the topic of gay marriage, and they asked a politician, is it really right that gay men and women receive the same rights as everybody else? I was thinking, even on this non-tabloid news source, even now, even with someone relatively intelligent asking the questions, we appear to be back at this again. I don't think that presenter really meant that, but it was a good example of a thoroughly thoughtless question. Sometimes I think that as much offence is caused by thoughtlessness as it is by people who intend to present as homophobic. It's really funny you say that, Jamie, because it's interesting, isn't it? Something about the way news is structured is that they force themselves to ask questions that are, should we be doing this? Or da 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 da. And it's actually like, no. It, this is basic human rights and they shouldn't be questioning that. And it's a real shame that they did that and it sort of the flip side is why should lgbtq plus people have to come out why shouldn't everybody have to say announce their sexuality at a certain age i would have been four i would have been ready um so back to what jamie says i'm a 48 and a half gay man living in bristol i can't knit you a tea cozy i'm afraid but as a token <laughs> i thought it said because i'm afraid i was like oh no need to be scared just get knitting um you're saying i can't knit a tea cozy i'm afraid but as a token of my appreciation for the podcast i could give you a ride on my motorbike if you wanted not both at once but i'm more than happy to do one at a time let me know big hugs to you both jamie jamie i have um i've only ever been on a motorbike once and it was the most terrifying experience of my life i think you would probably lose hearing in both ears with me screaming on the back i had to go on a motorbike on holiday in Greece with a friend who's Greek called Dimitri and he's got like long flowing hair and he runs a bar and he's like a very cool Greek man who is like he had this massive drag bike and he was like oh Chris let's go to the next bar jump on with me and my best friend and we both got on the back and in Greece like when they go on the back of people's motorbikes no one holds on because they just are far too cool for that me and Harry held on like dear life to each other and to him and he was like why are you squeezing me we're like we're terrified so jamie you be you i'm gonna let you do your motorbiking i'll do the podcasting we can just you know appreciate each other from afar and if you do get less afraid of knitting you know who to call do you know who else has been knitting it's not just uta kelly williams who wrote in to tell us about her kids she won a t-shirt on review of the week and then we said we would send her three kids t-shirts she has only gone and knitted 
beautiful items for Alan and I. Now, I'm going to save what they are for Instagram where I'll post an unboxing video because Alan hasn't had his yet and I don't want to spoil the surprise. They are being forwarded to Alan. But Kelly, thank you so much. I cannot believe the generosity, the time. It is so kind of you. So thank you a thousand times. Look out on Instagram when this episode is out. I'll post the unboxing video today. And as we head into another lockdown, we're all stuck at home. Maybe you would all, oh my God, a knitted advent calendar. Maybe you'd like to knit us other things. Only if you want to. I don't even know why I'm saying this. Why am I setting you tasks? You've all got enough on your plate. Please, we are nothing without your emails and your messages. So write to us, hello at homosapienspodcast.com or on Facebook, Homo Sapiens Podcast, we're called on there or at Homo Sapiens on Instagram. Follow us there too. You can see all the wonderful things that unfold in the house of Homo Sapiens. Let's have a look at some LGBTQ plus news. Something got my goat this week. I'm just going to say it. it did get my goat from The Guardian. BBC journalists have been told that new rules on impartiality means they may no longer be able to go on LGBT pride marches, even in a personal capacity, in case their presence is taken as a sign of political bias. The BBC's Director General Tim Davey introduced the rules to shore up the public perception of BBC impartiality following long-running criticism pushed by right-wing media outlets about alleged bias of corporation staff. BBC sources did not dispute this, but said the interpretation of the rules would be at the discretion of local managers. They emphasised that there was no explicit ban on pride marches in the rules. One BBC journalist said their manager had been told that growling, (laughs) growling, growling media, growing media and political opposition to trans rights in the UK meant public LGBT pride events were now more likely to count as controversial events, meaning they would not be able to attend even in a personal capacity. Managers also held up Black Lives Matter marches as an example of protests that were banned for news stuff, even in their spare time. Um, BBC aside, this is about human rights. Personally, I feel frustrated that a Pride march would be considered controversial, if that is what they're saying. But I want to know what you think, listeners. I suppose there's an argument about impartiality here and the BBC is an institution that stands for impartiality. Do you think that it should be keeping out of not just pride marches or any kind of march? Do you think that is a good thing in order for it to be impartial? Or do you think that these things are basic human rights, which is about equality? And if it is about equality, employees should be able to go to these marches. I know where I land on this. Come at me. Tell me I'm wrong. Let's talk it out. Next topic, around 100 male students in a high school in Gatineau, Canada, showed up to class wearing skirts to protest a sexist school dress code, toxic masculinity and homophobia. What a trio. Girls at the school were required to wear skirts no shorter than 10 centimetres above the knee, but there's no equivalent rule for clothes often worn to school by boys, for example, shorts. Two days before the protests, the 16-year-old Zachary Paulin told around 30 people that he planned to wear a skirt to school on the Friday, but he never expected that so many of his classmates would take part. Explaining the protest on Instagram, Paulin wrote... Today you probably saw that a lot of guys, including me, were wearing a skirt. Basically, the fact that a boy wears a skirt is a sign of resilience, solidarity and support to the intersectional battle for gender equality. The double standard on the way society views our women and men is blatant. If a woman decides to wear a suit or pants, clothes associated with masculinity, it's not a big deal. But the moment a man will do anything remotely feminine, whether it is to put nail polish, makeup or in our case a skirt, fingers are pointed and he gets insulted. 
People will say he's not a real man and they will automatically assume his sexuality. I think this is great and it's so nice to hear this kind of solidarity coming from straight members of the population, from cisgendered members of the population, pointing out the inequalities that often a lot of LGBTQ plus people feel that they have to point out to people and often falls on deaf ears. It's really lovely. Um, Please, you know, let us know what you think of that, listeners. It's just so nice to see solidarity from people who aren't the people kind of being persecuted, in inverted commas. That is the way forward. Now it's time for topic of the week. So this week the topic is the UK census because the UK census, which takes place every 10 years as a snapshot of the British population, in 2021 they're going to ask about sexual orientation and gender identity for the first time. We did a poll on Instagram where the question was, do you want the 2021 UK census to ask about your sexuality or gender identity? 73% of you said yes, and 27% of you said no. So we asked you all to get in touch and tell us what you think. Some brief responses. Skin from Skunk Nancy, who came on last week, so she, she said that yes, she would like to. She wants them to understand how huge and diverse we are. But she then also says, but I also don't trust them. And then Gino Milk said yes, share because if not represented then the government and others can't and won't plan as inclusively jw director said no it's a statistic that the government simply doesn't need jack rabbit said yes it's important that the gender spectrum is recognized and that it's not binary totally agree with that there was a lovely message from lucy i'm a bisexual woman married to a man i love the idea of registering my sexuality somewhere as my whole life i feel it's erased by the fact i married a man it's really interesting John says, yes, if you don't record it, further research can't be undertaken. There is so much that is unknown about the LGBTQ plus experience among all age groups, socioeconomic groups. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Such a good point. So we've got some voice notes here. This is so much fun. Okay, Michael. Hi, Chris. My name's Michael. I'm from the Northwest. I think living in the age that we do now, where we're trying to avoid categories and labels and things, I don't think it's necessary for people to do that. But what I do like about our country is that it's given us the option if we want to make that sort of statement. But I don't think, I think generally speaking, I don't think it's necessary to have to do that. I mean, before the days when, you know, being gay was made legal, there was no necessity for people to go around declaring that they were heterosexual, you know. So I just think it should be treated the same way as that, really, you know. Michael, thank you so much. It's such a good point, isn't it, as well, is that, you know, it's about having the option, being able to say who you are. You don't have to. You don't have to declare it if you don't want to. Let's have a listen to Anna. Hi, my name's Anna. Um, I work as a GP in the West Midlands, and I think that is a really brilliant idea. Um, From our point of view in healthcare, um, I think it's really useful to find out this information so that we can have a clearer picture to build uh, policies that are inclusive and uh, provide services that are useful for the LGBTQ plus population um, and also try and address some of the um, health inequalities and try and make everything a bit more welcoming and a lot more useful. Don't you just love her voice? It's just so soothing. I, I just doctors love them. And just to say, what a brilliant podcast. I listen to it every week uh, on a Thursday and I think you're doing a brilliant job. Anna, this is a mutual appreciation society. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for doing your voice message. Also, by the way, what, you know, what she's saying about how to improve services and things, something that's springing to mind 
when she's saying that it's like we as lgbtq plus people are used to not being counted being on the margins and actually almost what she's sort of saying is i don't want to put words in her mouth but what she's making me think is you pay your taxes you deserve to be counted you deserve to be accounted for and unless we've got these numbers then you don't have the weight of things like numbers and stats to point at in order to get the correct services where a lot of lgbt people are really underserved let's have a listen to jack hi this is jack um i really think it's important because it's the only way of actually getting a more interesting clearer um detailed picture of who lives in the country but i actually think that there's a way around redesigning the census so people can self-identify rather than it becoming a tick box exercise because when future generations come to look at that information we don't even know if our gender and sexuality categories will apply in the future and census data as we know gets used up to, you know a century afterwards so what, what's wrong in redesigning the census also to just have an open box and ask people to define themselves such a good point you know it's got it's it needs to be done from the inside out you know ask lgbtq plus people how they identify how do they want to be identified let's start there rather than putting this binary are you male or female and then asking us to go to another question later i think is setting off on really the wrong foot so if we can amend it we could really do some brilliant stuff and it's frustrating it's not frustrating because i'm assuming that no one and no one LGBTQ plus was asked. I'm massively assuming, listeners, this is why I'm a brilliant broadcaster. But um, I do think that I hope they did ask some people. I wish they'd asked more. Maybe asked us. Why didn't they ask me and Jack and everyone else who's um, sent their voice notes? They would have got great, great answers. A couple of other emails on this point. Uh, I've got to read a little message from Liam Nathan Nix, one of our favourite listeners, saying how much he loves skin when she phoned in the other day which we all really enjoyed also he said that he applied for a job this week and on the application form it asked for the pronouns and the gender identity and sexuality and the person they were applying for the job with also put their pronouns on the foot of the email so just a little thought when listening to the episode about the census thank you so much milo wrote in i think in a way having sexuality on the census could be beneficial in demonstrating how many queer people there are in the uk because i think the straight people think we're a much smaller minority than we actually are however what about closeted people and if the options are only straight or gay what about all the people in the middle like myself i wouldn't feel comfortable ticking either boxes neither fit who i am i think if it is like that it's doing a real disservice to a huge number of people within the lgbtq plus community and could feed into the stick we can get from both sides about not being gay straight enough amen to that next time on homo sapiens extra our topic of the week is going to be as we enter a second lockdown in the uk but all over the world we are going we are in and out of various kinds of lockdowns how is lockdown and covid affecting the lgbtq plus community in hidden ways we want to hear about your personal stories of how it has affected you last time we went into lockdown there were so many specific stories about people who were having to move back in with their family who they weren't out to a lot of people don't have anyone to talk to about that so is the lgbtq plus community being deprived in specific ways 
are people who've lost their jobs finding that they are having to go into new jobs and having to come out again what's that like how is that making you feel what are what are the specifics what are the hidden things that people aren't talking about for the lgbtq plus community on the other hand have there been any silver linings for you you know one of the lovely things that i heard someone saying is that some like non-binary or trans people were saying that it's been so lovely to wear whatever clothes they want the most outrageous looks and not have anyone shouting at them in the street and that has been a really lovely silver lining for what's been a strange time or maybe you've been able to write that book or because you've been spending time have you been have you connected with your partner in a in a way that you hadn't before we'd love to hear your stories about little silver linings as well that that lockdown and covid have brought about send them all in to hello at homosapienspodcast.com or please do write to us at homosapiens on instagram and please send in those voice notes like you heard today they're so good it's so lovely to hear your voices listeners do you know what i'm going to do now i'm going to do um phone a friend which is a sort of uh it's a new weekly slot so i'm going to call jamie windust jamie is a model a public speaker and a writer and they used to be called Leopard Print Elephant on Instagram. And that's how I started following them. And they sort of, they look amazing the whole time, like incredible makeup, incredible clothes, and they are non-binary. And they've written a book called In Their Shoes, which is about navigating non-binary life. And it's very, very kind of touching and um, sweet and funny, but also like really serious. And what what I love about it, which I love about anyone who writes, is they're really, really honest about what it means to be them so that means to be non-binary or to be dating as a queer person you know it's incredibly universal what they're talking about but I was thinking like I was reading the book and I was thinking you know in the same week as Sam Smith has released their new album and on Radio 4 I'm hearing people use Sam's correct pronoun which is they it just feels like I haven't heard that like Graham Norton saying them and stuff on his show and it just feels like a real sea change and like a watershed moment actually for non-binariness. But I wanted to ask Jamie what that felt like for them because, you know, this has been a long time coming. So I'm going to call Jamie. One moment, please, caller. Hello, my love, dear. Jamie. Correct. How are you? You know what? I was fine and now I've realised I'm back in a wind tunnel. Oh. Not an actual one, but hopefully it'll be fine. Listen... <laughs> That's England today. I'm looking at my trees in the garden thinking they might blow over. They're young, you see, not because it's that windy. But um, yeah, where, where are you? Paint me a picture. I'm, um, I'm residing in Wimbledon. Shut up. You know I went to school there. Yeah. God, not that. I've been here for like three years. Very leafy. It's very sweet. But listen, did we call to talk about my trees in my old school? No. Uh, <laughs> I've called to talk about you. Congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. Very stressful, very exciting. Who oh. would have thought when I started writing that I would be releasing a book in a pandemic? <laughs> but it's been all right. We're still number one on the trans chart. Hello. Well, I'll take that. But I think it's amazing that you're releasing a book at this specific moment because in this week where I've been sitting there listening to the radio, watching the television, and because Sam Smith's got an album out, hearing people use Sam's correct pronoun for the first time in shows and radio shows where I'm like, they don't talk like this has just been a massive thing for me personally thinking this isn't, this isn't a movement on the margins. This is now the world is catching up. And I wondered how you felt about that. Do you feel like we're making progress finally? 
This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I think I definitely relate to that kind of, you know, whenever I listen to Sam on the radio or whenever I listen to interviews with them, I, there's, there's always a part of me that's like, are they going to, are they going to screw it up? Is it going to go well? Yes. Um, and, you know, specifically on like Radio 1 and stuff when Sam's on there and they, it's just effortless. That, that for me is the representation that's important is of, of language because representation of people is one thing, but actually having the accessible language and normalizing the language and pronouns around trans and non-binary people for me is brilliant mm. and it, it just eradicates the idea that it's completely too difficult to, to catch on with because it's not, it's not it's not that difficult you're doing it now <laughs> exactly it just takes practice it's like all these things you said something wonderful in the book about your family which I love. You said your family are fairly Switzerland. They're supportive yet hesitant. <laughs> yeah. Knowing yet unknowing, aware of the crust, but not the centre. <laughs> My mother was not best pleased with that. She was also not pleased with the fact that I described her as beige um, <laughs> and described her as only wearing flat shoes. And now whenever she goes to work, she sends me a picture of her heels just to clarify that she doesn't always wear flat shoes. Um <laughs> When I wrote that, it was about a year ago. Um, I think this year has kind of moved my relationship with my family into a better place. But I'm a very stubborn person. I'm a very forthright person. And that kind of drifted through with identity. So once I'd, once I'd identified and realized that, you know, I'm trans and I'm non-binary and, and that feels really nice to me, I was very insular with it And when, at, at the beginning. And when people wouldn't get it, I would be quite dismissive and kind of shun them. Mm. And so with my family, um, in the beginning, I would just, I kind of described them as Switzerland because they, they understood what I was saying on a surface level, mm. but the kind of ramifications of that, the language, the actually kind of understanding the core of what being non-binary means, they fully hadn't uh, understood. And I think looking back now, I realized that's absolutely fine. Of course, they wouldn't understand straight away if they had no mm. uh, prior knowledge to it. And I think I was probably being a bit harsh. So now my relationship over lockdown over you know i've had quite a lot of situations this year where i've had to really open up to people and and, and get support it has meant that actually i've opened up a lot more with my family so i'd say now they're more um at brussels <laughs> Maybe not, you know they're uh, they're decision makers in brussels they're no longer Switzerland. but you know the, the thing is that i suppose what you're saying is like two things that sprang to mind when i read that is 
it's quite easy to create a narrative for um, anyone who's queer of any sort having a uh, discordant relationship with their family as a result. But actually, what can be the result is just a sort of silent misunderstanding and a silent, we're not going to talk about this and we're not going to know what to say, so we're going to say nothing. And in that void yeah. can be really unsupportive and incredibly lonely. Um, and particularly, I was struck reading that when thinking about you, that like, well... I mean, at least when, for example, when I was gay, when I was gay, <laughs> still happening, <laughs> still happening, babe. Um, when I came out, you know, there were 15 people I could point to on the telly to say that's, you know, that's a, an example of the kind of person I am. But for you, yeah. like... Absolutely. Well, at the time, to be honest, there was no one kind of famous that I could be like, well, I'm just like so-and-so, do you know what I mean? So yeah. my family are kind of, they're still on the learning curve. Which is fine, but because I've opened the doors for communication, we learn together rather than me just like expecting them to learn. Yeah, totally. And by writing your book, there will be kids who can show that book to their parents and say, this is what I'm talking about. So yeah, I it's, hope so. it's amazing that you've amazing that you've done it and you've done it in such a you know, a beautiful, fun, touching way. I implore all our listeners to go and read it and you're reminding me of something that oh, I can't, I'm going to get this all wrong but Ruth Bader Ginsburg said you need to like stick up for what you want but also you need to stick up for what you want in a way that will bring others with you yeah absolutely and I think throughout the whole book I tried to explain my my situation with things but also keep the advice and the, the kind of um analysis I guess of each section quite broad because mm. my experience is are privileged and I know there's a lot of trans people out there that don't don't have the access to just be able to sit down and openly talk with their families or yeah. so I tried to kind of give lots of situations and examples of how you know this was what happened to me but this isn't applicable to everyone you know it can be quite easy to be like oh it's fine babe just do it and it's like well actually some people just can't can't actually do that well exactly and you said this about dating actually there was a bit when you spoke about your experiences of meeting up with someone who is defined as a chaser so someone who likes to go for trans and non-binary people just for sex um yeah and how you have to be careful to make sure that once that's the pennies dropped and you realize that's what that person is after you can't just get up and walk off because they might attack you or they might hit you or be because you're going to bring a lot of shame on them by leaving so you have to yeah. be really careful as a trans person as a non-binary person as to how you're going to cope how you're going to de strategize that right yeah absolutely and i kind of that situation for me is in quite that kind of danger mode um i feel that in, in a lot of situations you know not just dating kind of like um any situation where I have to turn someone down or say no, sometimes it comes out quite stressful. Mm. Um, I find dating really, that's my favourite chapter to write because I find dating so interesting because I almost feel like an observer to it because I don't <laughs> have that much history with it and I also don't have that much accessibility to be able to date as mm. uh, disposably, I like to call it, as, as kind of straight people have. Um, yes. So, yeah, definitely. It was a... It was an issue for trans people and myself dating. It's like, if you turn someone down, you don't know what internally that could do for them. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of reaction to that chapter, and I'm glad that was my favourite to, to expunge. I actually had to um, ask my one ex for permission, and they they supplied a 
what could only be described as like a summary quote of the relationship to the book, which I thought was very kind. <laughs> <laughs> what was the su- what was the summary? Was it uh, a TripAdvisor review? Yeah, my my final end of year appraisal. It ended quite. They, they were quite pleasant. Oh, well, that's good. Quite nice considering it. It was it was uh, it was a wild ride, um, <laughs> quite literally in part. <laughs> Now, Jamie, I wondered if you would do me the honour of helping me answer a couple of our beautiful listeners' agony uncle questions. Of course. Okay, so this is a person whose pet dog is very sadly dying. I hate to be the bringer of bad news, but our favourite little four-legged artist, Leo, has a large tumour on his shoulder that the vet says would be more harm than good to remove. He continues to painlessly paint... This dog seems to paint for some reason, despite his growth and continues to inspire me daily to be kind to myself. Do you have any advice on dealing with this type of grief? He's my best friend and I worry for my mental health when I lose him. Thanks for putting a smile on my face during these hard times. Okay, Jamie, do you want to go first with your thoughts? God, now, condolences being sent. That is stressful, especially in kind of this time of the world. I think things that we hold dear to ourselves kind of going is quite difficult because it's happening all around us. Yeah. Um, I'd say allow yourself time to, to grieve. But I, don't, I think one thing that I've learned about kind of really strong emotions like that is there is, there is advice out there and there's lots of things people can tell you, but only you will know what to, how, you, how you're feeling in that time. Mm. So I think don't, don't set yourself a time limit on, on grieving. Allow yourself to go through it and don't kind of, don't forget to reach out because I think sometimes it can feel very isolating. Mm. So make sure you've got the right people around you that you can pick up the phone with, have a FaceTime with, and just distract yourself if necessary. Yeah, and I think also the thing about grief is, so I've only ever been through huge grief like once when my dad died. You, you really, really do not know what it's going to look like and it has no we also receive a lot of grief ideas around grief from films and books and Mm. while they are helpful they're also being inserted into a story and it's not like that really and it will it will creep up on you um when you least expect it and um it was someone was playing an old clip of joe biden actually um from like i think a long time ago because very sadly members of his family died um and he was saying you've got to go through all the firsts so the first christmas without them the first birthday the first summer the first mm-hmm. um and through that that will heal you and then over time it will get better but i think what you said is you know you really you have to be patient and it will not come in the form that you expect it to but mm. talking to really good mates who are willing to talk about it um is a really really good uh, place to start so yeah we, ho- we hope everything goes okay with um Absolutely. poor puppy bit more broigus in this one so this is a gay man writing my older boyfriend was married before we got together and has kids who are teenagers from a Ooh. previous marriage but they don't like me which is causing a lot of problems <laughs> what do we do that is a tricky one because I notoriously hate children. So let me think, what would I... <laughs> children listening. Um, thinking back to when I was that age, I'm going to presume it's like the proper annoying teenagers. Yeah. Allow them time to just like do their own thing. Don't try and be like cool dad and like yeah. join in on the on the Zoom quizzes or the, the PlayStation. <laughs> um, 
as it were. <laughs> you know, there's so much going through your brain at that age. Very kindly and gently, just let them know that if you ever need to chat, you're there, but then just back away a bit. That's so lovely. And I think also... Make great parents. Yeah, except for the I hate kids bit. Um, but the, the um, I think that you would make a great parent. Sorry, I take all that back. Thank you. I think also these kids may not like their dad being in love with someone else. And that yeah. is got nothing to do with you. That is just to do with them. And so you want to try and become a bit Teflon and not take anything personally. Take your time with it. Um, yeah because they need to get used to you and I think often particularly from a gay male perspective like you can jump to it being homophobia and they don't like that you're gay and they don't like their dad's gay you don't know that you know you do you don't know that at all so you you just have to give I think it's masses and masses of benefit of the doubt to be handed out there um but also when you say what do we do I think for as a couple as well like you both need to just keep talking a lot and not try and build resentment and you know make sure that you're being really really nice to each other because it's really difficult and when you do get in these situations where you meet someone when you're a bit older not a bit older when people come with stuff other stuff um you know yeah it's like it's a bit of a passion killer because we all just want to have fun but there's really big complicated stuff with other people's lives and feelings involved so you've got to put aside time for it and you'll get there you know and communicate i think like you said that's really important communicate with your partner because you don't want it to kind of harbor as resentment between you both yeah i think that would only hinder everything so don't be afraid Mm. to speak it out yeah Great. See, listeners, this is why you need to buy Jamie's book, because it's full of like sage words delivered with a little (laughs) bit of panache and wisdom. Slight sarcasm, slight looking down my nose. Little bit of sarcasm, slight looking at, but all the time looking absolutely fabulous. Can I just say there's a bit in the book where you say I was taking a break from being fabulous or something. (laughs) and it's so funny you're like i love it um so jamie thank you so much we really appreciate you coming on and everybody go and get jamie's book best of luck with it and stay in touch let us know the progress thank you so much i adore you both keep safe and well thank you and i'll see you on the flip side what a delight jamie is that was so wonderful and their book in their shoes is available in all good bookshops maybe some not so good bookshops i don't know but they've clearly got some taste now culture club so we had halloween this past week so uh it was a bit of a halloween special we were asking you about all your favorite halloween films so we are the bad kids said hocus pocus absolute stone cold classic i believe they say ish.seo loved saw oh my god milo jade said they love beetlejuice of course sorry about the noise there listeners that's um, my husband and the dog but we'll blame the humans shaggy kid roy loves the lost boys now do you know what i revisited in a sort of spooky way is stranger by the lake oh my god so it's a gay uh sort of thriller with a murder element and it is utterly brilliant um I'm just going to ask my husband to close the door. Do you mind closing the door? Yeah. Do you know all the things you find, listeners, when you're in lockdown with someone? Do you realise how noisy they are? I love him dearly. Thank God he doesn't listen. Oh, my God. And then we did a poll of Halloween looks, Halloween outfits on Instagram. And all I'm going to say is I love you all so much because the one, the look that you loved most was Goldie Horn in death becomes her 
84% of you said you loved it. Goldie Hawn, which got the red top on when Meryl Streep has blasted out a hole in her stomach. And it is such a cool look. So I'm so pleased you all voted that to the top. And then, of course, Neil Patrick Harris with his whole family dressed as Frankenstein and Dracula and all of that. And third place, you voted the Queer House Party gang um, with Harry from Queer House Party, who dressed up as a carton of milk. Am I missing a reference there? Maybe I am. Do you know what I really wanted someone to dress up as? Is the peach from um, Call Me By Your Name. Had I been out on the tiles, maybe that's what I would have gone as. How the hell do you make a peach outfit, though? But, it, listeners, if you want to see all this stuff, go to our Instagram, at Homo Sapiens. It will be saved under highlights for Halloween, and there's tons of brilliant outfits on there. I think it's time to give away a T-shirt, don't you? As we head into winter, what more could you want than a white T-shirt, listeners? So... It's time for Review of the Week, where we give away a T-shirt to our favourite review on Apple Podcasts. This is from Clinch24. Love it. This review is long overdue. Clinch, you're a poet, and you don't know it. Chris, Allen, and Will in the Ether. What a spectacular success this podcast is. Stop it, Clinch. I now absolutely crave your frank and funny discussions on topics that so often go unsaid in the media. I'm a late 30s gay cis man, but despite that, it's not very often that I listen to a podcast that I can so fully and genuinely relate to, but I find myself feeling implicitly included in your show. I think it's a combination of the warmth that oozes from Chris. Um, Thank you very much. And whilst I loved Will on the podcast for his honesty and realness, I am completely in platonic love with Alan, who has taken to this podcast like a duck to water, possibly the duck he broke. I'm still not sure what that means. Breaking your duck. We need to get Alan um, to clarify. Um, Oh, also, what are these ramps that are left over in Alan's kitchen and keep being referred to? As a Scottish person living abroad, it's lovely to hear Alan's little colloquialisms and also his vocal support of Scottish independence. But I digress. I've listened from the start. And whilst the earlier seasons were great, I feel like the guest, Jeremy O'Harris, Tony nominated Jeremy O'Harris, by the way, everybody, Hannah Gadsby and Cynthia Nixon, especially. And the discussions this season are really pushing the boundaries. So keep on doing your thing and representing the broad spectrum that our community encompasses. Love and lefty vibes, Kieran. Oh, there you go. So Kieran Lynch. Sorry for calling you Clinch, Kieran. Um, Good. We love and... Hang on a sec. Another one. Nikki F30. I started listening. Straight Married Man is the title, sorry. I started listening to this podcast when it first came out with Will and Chris. That's me. I love the chemistry between the two of them, but Alan has come in and been like he's always been there. Just brilliant. I'm a married straight man in rural Northern Ireland with two young daughters, five and two. Oh, how sweet. I like to think of myself as someone who believes in let people love who they want. And this podcast really brings that home with all the interesting guests and viewpoints I wouldn't hear. Anyone reading this who wants good conversations, sometimes over Alan eating biscuits, that's all in the past, Nikki. This podcast is for you. Just fantastic. Now, mm, who who's going to win? Uh... Do you know what, listeners? I think you're all going to agree with me that while we love Kieran or clinch as i lovingly call you now this homo sapiens is a broad church open to everybody and i think i want to illustrate that by giving nikki the straight married man a t-shirt so nikki please write in to hello at homo sapiens podcast.com send us your address and we will post you a t-shirt and if you want a t-shirt or a sweatshirt hello christmas 
is incoming, go to everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens. Buy one for your mother, buy one for your father or a relative, or just keep it for yourself. I can highly recommend. Very soft to touch. Now, next week, we have got the most incredible interview with Yves Mathieu, who is at Yves Dropper on Instagram. He is a very, very famous male model in America who has basically kind of down tools on his career and become this person working on the front line of Black Lives Matter, flying around the country, going to all the protests and hearing what he has to say as a gay black man in America who advocates for black trans lives in a massive way on his Instagram. It's a fascinating interview. So I cannot wait for you to hear that. In case you don't already, please subscribe to Homo Sapiens. You'll get that interview and all the other ones sent directly to your device. And don't forget to get in touch about Topic of the Week next week, which is how is lockdown affecting you write to us hello at homosapienspodcast.com or send us a voice note on instagram and until then listeners take care have a good beginning to your lockdown if you're in the uk or whichever version you have wherever you're listening all over the world and thank you so much for listening goodbye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Powered by Spirit Studios